let you have a seat right where you're at. Ushers, thank you very much for uh, your understanding and and uh, PA guys and video guys. I just want to say thank you for making it possible with your faithfulness that we could uh, be a blessing to the family. And Second uh, Peter chapter three and verse number one. Of course, the titles in the bulletin uh, for the sermons today uh, are are not being preached, of course. But I want to come to you from Second Peter three one. And I was sitting there and I was sharing verses with the family while we were talking about dad and waiting and, and contemplating. Uh, I want to give you some verses and, and uh, 2 Peter 3, 1, this second epistle, beloved, I now write unto you in both which I stir up your pure minds by way of remembrance. That ye may be mindful of the words which were spoken before by the holy prophets, prophets and of the commandments of us, the apostles of the Lord and Savior. Knowing this first, that there shall come in the last day scoffers, walking after their own lust, and saying, where is the promise of his coming? Could we ask that question together out loud again? Ready? Where is the promise of his coming? For since the fathers fell asleep, all things continue as they were from the beginning of creation. For this they willingly are ignorant of, that by the word of God the heavens were of old, and the earth standing out of the water and in the water, whereby the world that then was being overflowed with water perished. But the heavens and the earth, which are now by the same word are kept in store, reserved unto fire against the day of judgment and perdition of ungodly men. But, beloved, be not ignorant of this one thing, that one day is with the Lord as a thousand and a thousand years as one day. The Lord is not slack concerning his promise, as some men count slackness, but is long-suffering to usward, not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. But the day of the Lord will come as a thief in the night, in the which the heavens shall pass away in a great noise, and the elements shall melt with the fervent heat. The earth also, and the works that are, there, that are therein shall be burned up. Seeing then that all these things shall be dissolved, what manner of person ought ye to be in all holy conversation and godliness, looking for and hasting unto the coming of the day of God, wherein the heavens uh, be, being on fire shall be dissolved, and the elements shall melt with the fervent heat. Nevertheless, we, according to his promise, look for new heavens and a new earth, wherein dwelleth righteousness. And let's pray. Heavenly Father, Lord, we sure do need you tonight, and Lord, uh, this has been one of those kind of surreal days. As you pray on a Saturday, and you think about what the Sunday holds, we had no idea, but Lord, you do. And God, I ask that you'll be with us on this very evening. This is your house. These are your people. This is our family. Lord, we are a church family. And God, I ask that you'll be with us on this night. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Thirty years earlier, Jesus ascended from this earth to heaven at the writing of this passage. Three decades, 360 months, 
1,560 weeks, 10,950 days since a promise by two men in white were given to those gazing up into heaven. Acts 1.10, and while they looked steadfastly toward heaven, as he went up, behold, two men stood by them in white apparel, which also said, ye men of Galilee, why stand ye gazing up into heaven, this same Jesus, which is taken up from you into heaven, shall so come in like manner as ye have seen him go into heaven. On top of this departing verse, a promise given by these men in white, Jesus himself, just eight chapters earlier in John chapter 14, gave this promise to his believers. Let not your heart be troubled. Ye believe in God, believe also in me. In my Father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you. I go to prepare a place for you, and if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you unto myself, that where I am, there you may be also. The scoffers were looking at this earthly world and came to this conclusion with all the rhetoric of this man named Jesus who supposedly had died and supposedly had rose again and had supposedly given these believers this promise of coming again. And they came to this conclusion. If you'll look in verse 3, knowing this first, that there shall come in the last day scoffers walking after their own lust and saying, where is the promise of his coming? For since the fathers fell asleep, all things continue as they were from the beginning of the creation. You see, the world only sees the earthly kingdoms. This promise that was made about a return was surrounding the setting up of an earthly kingdom. But that was not what they were holding on to. They were holding on to this, that this promise was not about this world. But his promises are about the world to come. His promises are keeping us going in our heart with hope that one day this is all done. One day we say goodbye. But they were being people in, the, in when the, this time of the writing. And, the, and the Peter says, look guys, there's going to come scoffers and God deniers that are going to try to take and put a box around who you are. Look at verse number five, if you will. And Peter literally puts them in this category. For this they willingly are ignorant of that by the what, please? Say it with me. That by what? The word of God. The heavens were of old and the earth standing out of the water and in the water. Whereby the world that then was being overflowed with water perished. But the heavens and the earth, which are what, please? Now. By the same word are what, please? Kept in store, reserved unto fire against the day of judgment and the perdition of ungodly men. Peter was reminding believers that God keeps his word and that God is keeping in store this old wicked world because God's going to light a match to it and God's going to burn it up. And God is a God that this is not eternity. And Paul was reminding us that this world knows not our God. And it does not know the importance of God giving his word and keeping his word. God gave his word that it would rain and destroy the earth, and it did. God gave his word that the sun would rule the day. It has, 
it does and will continue until he returns. God gave his word that the moon would fill the sky with the blue hue and rule majestic supremely and watch over us as we sleep at night. And it has, it is, and it will continue to do so until it returns because God's word is sure. God took nothing and called it void. God took an earth as a blob which was called without form. God took the atmosphere of this blob called darkness and moved his spirit and sent his spirit. And then this dark voided blob atmosphere of darkness with his spirit moving on it became a place you and I live. God created in six days the sphere we call earth and set it on his axis and reached up with his divine finger and spun it and it started and it's never stopped and won't stop until he lights it with a match. Peter was reminding, was reminding there is one thing that scoffers of this world do not realize. When God gives his word, he keeps his word. When God gives his word, he keeps his word. Verse 4, and saying, where is the promise of his coming? It may appear like God is asleep. It may appear that God is swinging from one day to the next. And from one sunrise to the next sunrise. And from one sunset to the next sunset. Because look what they said in verse number 4. Where is the promise of his coming? For since the fathers fell asleep, look at the wording, all things what please? Continue. As they were from the beginning of creation. They thought, he's a liar. He's not kept his word. Where is the promise? Where is his word? But there's a Christian secret all of us share that is this. That God always keeps his word. And although we can't see him and we can't wrap our arms around him, listen to this, God keeps his word. His word is our promise. His word is our guarantee. His word is our hope. His word is what we get up in the morning on. His word is what we go to bed at night on. His word is how we tuck our children in and trust God to keep them safe. It's his word. It is his promise, and he is coming again. We are dealing with God's word and his promise. Let not your heart be troubled. We are dealing with God's word is on the move. He said, I will never leave thee nor forsake thee. God's word is his bond, and we must believe. John eleven twenty one. 21, then said Martha unto Jesus, Lord, if thou hast been here, my brother had not died. But I know that even now, whatsoever thou wilt ask of God, God will give it thee. Jesus saith unto her, thy brother shall rise again. Martha saith unto him, I know that he shall rise again in the resurrection at the last day. Jesus said unto her, John eleven twenty five, 25, I am the resurrection and the life. He that believeth in me, though he were dead, yet shall he live. And whosoever liveth and believeth in me shall never die. Believest thou this? She saith unto him, Yea, Lord, I believe. That thou art the Christ, the Son of God, which should come into the world. God's word can help us through these present day circumstances, because it's his word. And he said unto Jesus, Lord, remember me when thou comest into thy kingdom, Luke 23, and Jesus said unto him, Verily, verily, I, verily I say unto thee, Today shalt thou be with me in paradise. Peter knew that this world did not know because they were ignorant. They did not know that there was a God that kept his word. They did not know that this God was coming again. And although 30 years had passed since this promise was given, these believers 
we're holding on to that God, that God keeps his word. Go to 2 Peter chapter 3 and look at verse number 8, if you will. Now Peter turns around and says, they're just ignorant. They don't understand God. We have a God that keeps his word. But then he says in 2 Peter 3, 8, and please listen to this, in 2 Peter chapter 3, verse 8, but beloved, be not ignorant of this one thing, that one day is with the Lord as a thousand years, and a thousand years as one day. The Lord is not slack concerning his promise, as some men count slackness, but is long-suffering to who, please? To who? I want you to take note of that little phrase right there. Who is he putting up with right now? You and me. Did you see that? You see, the world is already condemned. He's not putting up with them. The long-suffering of God is putting up with your shenanigans and mine. Not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. But the day the Lord will come as a thief in the night. When you look at these verses, you and I need to understand, listen to this, the reason for his delay is found at the end of verse 9. Not willing that any should, but that all should. You see, the very scoffers in 2 Peter 3 that said, <laughs> where is the sign of his God? Where's this promise that he came? If God would have came at the very moment those words left their mouth, they would have split hell wide open. But God in his long suffering says this, I'm going to put up with redeemed mankind that doesn't live like they should live and doesn't act like they should act, hoping that they'll get themselves right. Why? Because I don't want anyone to perish. And ladies and gentlemen, 30 years went by. And 30 years went by. And they said, where's the promise of his coming? But they did not realize that God was long-suffering, hoping the very mouths that scoffed him would be the very hearts that would receive him. And that's why he's delayed his coming now for over 2,000 years. It's not for you and I to get something new. It's not for you and I to acquire things on this earth. It is for people to get saved. And it's for people to come to know the Lord Jesus Christ. No, he's holding on till I get married. No, he's holding on so somebody else can get saved. You say, he's holding on so I can advance in my job. No, he's holding on so somebody can come to know the knowledge of the saving grace of Jesus Christ. God's not slack concerning his promise to come again. God's not forgotten his calendar. God is putting up with our humanity, hoping that in our depravity, as we crawl to the finish line, that we tell somebody about our Savior. That's why he's not come yet. That's why he's not returned. And where after 30 years, scoffers said, scoffers said, he's a liar. Peter said, my God's not a liar. He's just delayed so you can get saved. Seeing then, verse 11, that all these things shall be dissolved. Did you see that? What manner of persons ought ye to be? Did, did you see the wording there in your Bible in verse 11? Seeing then that all these things shall be what, please? Because you see, when the Lord does come back, if he came back right now, you left your possessions at the house. 
your pride and beauty sits in the parking lot. Your status symbol hangs in the closet of your home. Your prestige is on the mantle somewhere with trophies. But you let that trumpet sound. All these things shall be dissolved. The wording of these verses tell us that the only thing that is for sure are the promises of God. Because of that, listen to the writer, be holy. Because of that, be godly. Because of that, when you look at this wording, I love this in verse 12. Looking for and what please? Hastening unto the coming of the day. Hastening means to cheer for its coming. It means to wake up every day and grab your pom-poms and run out to the edge of life and say, Lord, come on, come now. Come now. Nothing means anything to me. Come now. It doesn't matter if I get married. I just want you to come. It doesn't matter if I get to take that vacation. I just want you to come. And so many times we live on this side of eternity thinking this side of eternity will give us status in that side of eternity. But that's not true. There's only one that gives us status and that is the Lord God Almighty. Verse 13, nevertheless, we, according to his what, please? According to his what? Look for new heavens and a new earth. Where in dwelleth righteousness. God keeps his word. God keeps his word because he's powerful. God is God. God is not like man. There's a part in, this, in, in, in the verses that he says one day with the Lord. It says a thousand years and a thousand years is of one day. We try to take that in light of our eternity and say, well, how? No, no, no. You know what that means? God's operating on a different timetable than you and I are operating on. God doesn't operate like you and I operate. Your stomach right now is operating on a different timetable. But God sits and walks the heavens. And guess what our God does? Our God sits on top and he simply says, I've got a master plan. And that master plan, the end of that master plan is heaven, not your paycheck. The end of that master plan is heaven, not your vacation. The end of that master plan is heaven and not what you think it is. But we live and we die for the most immortal things that one day will be dissolved rather than grab and walk to the edge and say no matter what I have down here that I may enjoy I wish eternity would start right now I wish it would just begin right now right now there needs to be a revival of how we look at God one, God's not a liar. He is coming again. Number two, God's delay is not for your advancement. It's for the gospel to be advanced. First trip I took with Brother Fernand and after I became pastor, Went to the Philippines and Brother Fernand and Nicole and 
Brother Roberts, myself, and Brother Anania. We loaded up and we went. It was very important to Brother Fernand that his brothers, is that right, Nicole? I think it was at the time that the, we're, there was two family members, I think it was brothers or something like Very important to him that, that they get saved. A couple years go by and he said, I have to go back to the Philippines because I have to see my loved ones get saved. It's expensive to go to the Philippines. Do you know that? It took him time from his vacation to go to the Philippines. And this simple man understood he's coming again. And he is not delayed so that I could pad my pockets with wealth. He has delayed so nobody goes to hell. We'll borrow words from a fellow black preacher of years gone by. When he talks about our God, he is purely powerful. He's impartially merciful. He's the king of Israel. He's the king of righteousness. He's the Lord of lords. He's endurably strong. He's entirely sincere. He's eternally steadfast. He's morally graceful. He's purely, purely powerful. He's impartially merciful. He's the greatest phenom phenomenon that has ever crossed the horizon of this world. He's God's son. He's a sinner's savior. He's the centerpiece of salvation. He's the king of kings. He's the Lord of lords. He's the only one qualified to be at all sufficient savior. He supplies strength for the weak. He's available for the culprit and the, and, and, and the proudful. He sympathizes. He saves. He strengthens. He sustains. He guards. He guides. He heals the sick. He cleanses the lepers. He forgives sinners. He discharges debt. He's the king of glory. He's the king of kings. I wish I could describe him more, uh, my dear brother said, but he's indescribable. He's incomprehensible. He's invincible. He's irresistible. You can't, get out of, you, can't, you can't get him out of your mind, and you can't get him off your hands, and you cannot leave him, and you, can't, you, can't li you cannot live with him. And you, you cannot leave him, and you cannot live without him. The Pharisees couldn't stand him, but they found out they couldn't stop him. I can't find any fault in him. Herod couldn't kill him. Death couldn't have him. The grave couldn't hold him, and time won't stop him from coming back. He's not a liar. He's not a liar. And when the world says he's not coming, because if he was going to come, he would have already come. He's not come yet because he needs more people to be okay. Can I ask you a question? The things you and I have, they really don't matter, do they? Really don't matter. But oh, we're possessive. My friend, there's coming that day when we will see him. And everything we hold dear. May we be holy. May we be godly. May we live in the pursuit of him. And may we get up every day and go, now. Come now. Our dear brother stepped out into eternity. 
30 days ago. He was ill. And I'll talk more about it at the service. But, but right now, his faith is sight. The man that he would sit back over there and sing to, tears would roll down his face many a time. He sees him. He sees him. And I think to myself, I can't wait to see him. But when I see him, how many trinkets, how many trinkets am I holding on to in my heart? Y'all listen to this. Let's live in honor of what our Savior has done for us. Because one day, it's going to be us. May the Lord come quickly. Could we stand? We're going to end with what a day that will be. I'll be announcing more. You'll be hearing more about the services to come. But I just want to echo tonight what Peter said. Don't let people tell you he's not real. He's real. He's coming. He's coming. There is coming a day. Can we sing it a cappella, please? Ready? There is coming a day when no heartache shall come. No more clouds in the sky. No more tears to dim the eye. All is peace forevermore. On that be golden shore. What a day, glorious day that Lift your voice, please. What a day. Jesus, I shall see upon his face the one who saved me by his grace when he takes me by the hand and leads me through the promised land. What a day. Our heads bowed and eyes closed. I'm going to have them continue to play.